Alex Hare looked great yesterday at his presser in Columbus. What else was great? What else wasn't great? That's today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Hayden Househorn. With me back from his vacation is my co-host, Jay Foster. We're here to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of your favorite team and ours, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank you guys for making this your first listen every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and the SiriusXM app. Mike Babcock was introduced as the Blue Jackets head coach yesterday. I really enjoyed the press conference at the beginning, and I can kind of explain why I fell out of love of with Babcock a little bit at the end. But Jay, your thoughts when you saw hockey's Grim Reaper in Columbus yesterday? <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's pretty well known by now that you were the more enthusiastic uh, half of the podcast about Mike Babcock. Um, I liked that presser a lot. Um, I thought he said and did a lot of the right things. Um, there's a couple of things specifically I want to point to. Um, our friends over at CB Objectively Speaking uh, did a really great thread on the on what Mike Babcock said in his in his presser, what Yamaka Klein and John Davidson said as well. Um, but I wanted to point out specifically um, that Mike Babcock has kind of spent the last three years coaching in college. Um, and he seems to understand that it's diff- like coaching in the NHL is different now than it was, uh, you know, 10 years ago. And he talked a lot about, you know, uh, that he maybe didn't understand a lot of what he did wrong necessarily um, when he, you know, was was fired. And, you know, let's let's be clear, he was fired because the team was struggling, not because of any of the, you know, the abuse allegations, things like that. Um, that being said. He talked a lot about how he understands now that sometimes you come away from a conversation thinking one thing and the other person thinks another thing. Um, And so that was really kind of um, reassuring to hear. He talked a lot about how important it is to acknowledge uh, things like mental health of both players and, you know, other coaches, things like that. So, you know. I want to I want to kind of temper this by saying that two years ago when they hired Brad Larson, he also did and said a lot of the right things in his open press conference. So this is not necessarily how things are going to be, but he he said a lot of things and addressed a lot of the points that were things that I had questions about. Um, and so I feel, I feel fine about the hiring. It's still not my, my first choice, um, but I feel better after the press conference. Uh, that's great. That's honestly great. I, I had a feeling that once he was up here in Columbus and got a chance to talk from his point of view, kind of what happened in Toronto and what he had been doing the last three years, I felt like Blue Jackets fans would definitely be like, OK, this this starts to make sense. Like he's not that he's not as far out of touch as maybe I was led to believe, which he talked about that plenty of times. He did say, you know, working with young kids is different than it was working with kids. 10 years ago, like it's just the landscapes changed. He couldn't tell you exactly what has changed, but he just knows that it's changed. And I feel like that's, that's honestly fair. I think 
it's really hard to describe the kind of the world that we live in today to somebody if you, that, you know, if you, if George Washington came out of a, you know, time portal was like, what's up? It'd be like, I got a lot of things to tell you about, man. It's, it's getting, you know, it's a little crazy. Yeah, but like, uh, and George Washington, notably very similar people. So yeah. that, that makes sense. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. They have similar hair. I mean, exactly. I, I know Washington's hair was, was fully wig and, uh, Mike Babcock's hair is pretty real, at least. I mean, do you um, know that? Do you know that that's not a wig? Do you know that Mike Babcock doesn't have a wig? Like, maybe, maybe we should I cannot. I cannot honestly this. confirm. I cannot honestly confirm. But um, I was just gonna say the part that I really liked at the beginning was just Yarmo's explanation why he chose Mike Babcock. I think he shared a story about how he was out scouting some guy in Michigan and and Babcock drove like all the way out to go like look at the player with him or something he still told some personal story about how you know uh Mike Babcock go, he goes the extra mile um when it comes to coaching and he's really really passionate about coaching which I feel like is huge yeah I mean I'm sure every NHL candidate or NHL head coach candidate is passionate about coaching in some way or another but you just know those guys that have that just that extra drive when it comes to coaching, whether it's the competitor in them, whether it's the way that they care about the game of hockey. I feel like it's a little bit of both with Babcock. But again, I, I've, I've only been a Babcock observer. I've never had him as my coach on my team. So I'm really, really interested to see kind of what comes out of that, whether it's more he's just so passionate about coaching or whether it's he's passionate about the game, passionate about developing young people. I would feel like it's not developing young people just because of, you know, his history. But again, you know, maybe his passion for developing young people got in the way and he overstepped some boundaries. I don't know. It's like it's it's really, really a lot with with Babcock. But and I think as well, the fact that he spent the last three years working uh, at I believe it was the University of Vermont. First of all, and then he spent the last season at the University of Saskatchewan uh, working with, you know, the oldest players that he's going to be working with are like 24 max. And so I think probably that gave him some things to look at. Um, And I also want to just kind of say that, like, I feel like there's been a lot of, like, there's been a lot of rightly deserved negativity about this hire. And I'm still not 100% convinced. But as I said, when they first announced, uh, like, when it was like, Uh, announced that this was going to be the plan like uh, about a month ago I think they just had to wait for his contract to run out I said that you know and I came on the show and I said I would love to be proven wrong about Babcock you know and that that still stands I would love for him to be a completely different person I think it's going to be really interesting to see um, how development camp goes I'm sure he will uh, be getting his hands dirty basically immediately Uh, development camp is happening I think it's starts officially tomorrow is when they'll get the kids on the ice so it'll be that'll be really interesting to see and i'm not going to cast judgment one way or the other i don't think until we see how he does coaching a game how he does with the young players as well because this is a very young team um to the point where like um my my other half and i actually looked at the roster yesterday and realized that there's only one player on the roster that's older than i am uh, which did make me feel a million years old. So it's a very young roster. Welcome to being uh, a sports fan, Jay. It's just part of it, you know. You just yeah, <laughs> kind of <laughs> sucks now. That's just, that's just how it is, right? Um, but you know, I think it's it's 
to anyone else that kind of feels like I did and is, you know, trepidatious uh, to use a to use a ten dollar word if I can. Um, see what the results are on the ice, but at a minute he's saying all of the right things, and that does reassure me a little bit. Yes, we'll have more thoughts on Babcock in just a second. Oh, first I want to tell you. <laughs> first I want to tell you guys about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get ten times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to two hundred dollars. That's right, just twenty bucks and you'll land two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. That's two hundred you can spend betting everywhere from the money line to over unders to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get to that $200 bonus. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. I love FanDuel. That same deal, that $200 deal, is exactly what I used at the beginning of this year so hopefully you guys can get a little lucky with that like i did all right i mentioned at the beginning of the show that i kind of fell out of love with babcock and i think it was i honestly don't think it was babcock's fault why i fell out of love with him quote unquote i just feel like every offseason we've done something like this where we've introduced a new big player or new big, you know, personality into the team and they have this press conference and they're like, yeah, all these things are going in the right direction. And they're like promising, a, a, you know, a bright future and promising that the team's going to be competitive. Like Brad Larson did it at his press conference. Johnny hockey did it at his press conference. Now Babcock's doing it at his press conference. And I'm like, as a fan, I just keep getting fed the same thing over and over again. Granted, it's a cheeseburger with lots of layers and it's delicious, but like at the same time, like I, I don't want to just be another fan drinking the Kool-Aid now. I want to actually see it happen. Like, okay, we got Fantilli. We got the two defensemen. We got Babcock. I want to see it kind of all pieced together. You kind of mentioned there that you're starting to feel a little more confident, but where is your confidence on this team making a playoff run this year, Jay. I like I. I feel like I'm confident that they can make a playoff one, playoff run. Excuse me, but I'm not confident to say that they will. But with all that they've added now, with you know drafting Fantilli, the two defensemen, and now getting to hear Mike Babcock talk to the CBJ media, are you there yet on this team pursuing a, a Lord Stanley? I. I'm, I don't know, is, is the short answer. This team, as it is constructed, should be pushing for a playoff spot. Um, you look at the Metropolitan Division, I think the Blue Jackets got better. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, I think New Jersey will probably have a little bit of a drop-off. I think Pittsburgh's going to have a little bit of a drop-off. Um, the Rangers and the Islanders will probably also have Drop-offs, I don't think any of those teams are going to be as good as they were this season. Um, Philadelphia is kind of a wild card. Uh, Carolina, I expect to be about as good. Um, and whatever the last team is, Washington, I expect to probably also be about as good as they were. So, like, 
the meta is wide open right now. If the Blue Jackets can stay healthy, which for me is the most important thing um, right now, like the team as constructed, I feel fine about the team as constructed. I would like to go out and get another center um, as long as we don't, if we don't have to, you know, break the bank for it. The Blue Jackets don't have a ton of cap space. Uh, they have $4.7 million in cap space. If you assume that Jack Rostovic is probably going to be going the other way, that gives them uh, almost $9 million in cap space to go out and get a center. But again, it would have to be the right one. Um, as of right now, this team should push for the playoffs. Are they a Stanley Cup contender? I don't think so. Uh, I think in two years' time, when, you know, Adam Fantilli is coming into his own, uh, he's 18 years old. That's the other thing. We're going to talk about Adam Fantilli in a minute. Um, temper your expectations, people. Uh, uh, yeah. He's not Jesus. Uh, he's not going to come in. Can into we confirm that? Or... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's not going to come into this league and score, you know, 50 goals in his rookie season. He's just not. So, you know, I know that we're kind of, and I've, I've been guilty of the same thing of, of acting like he's the savior of Columbus hockey in the same way that I could think a lot of people did with Johnny Gaudreau last season. Um, give him a couple of years to, to develop, give Kent Johnson a couple of years to keep growing, uh, Karol Marchenko, like in a couple of years, this team could be a Stanley Cup contender. As of right now, um, my baseline for this team is wildcard spot. Uh, my max expect, like my ceiling for the expectations for this team is win around. But honestly, I think making the playoffs is progress. Um, and that's kind of where, where I'm at right now is, hey, finish top 16 in the league. Um, and then we'll grow from there. You know, I don't want to have, be having the same conversation next season of, why is Columbus a lottery team again? And, you know, what do they have to do to make the playoffs? So, you know, but I think part of that is more than a few new faces on this team. So chemistry is going to be a big thing. But for me, health is going to be the most important, I think, is if, you know, not losing Zach Wierenski 13 games in, I think, was really the beginning of the end for this team. And then, you know, the, the line of injuries kept coming. They lost Jake Bean. They lost Nick Blankenberg. They lost Adam Boak. Like, the defense was just brutal. Um, <laughs> so if the defense can stay healthy, and, you know, the addition of Provorov and Severson, both, you know, knock on wood, very durable uh, defensemen that can log a lot of minutes, play a lot they've of both, games. Yeah, they've both played 80 games last year. So, like, that's exactly what the Jackets need, yeah, someone you know, that's going to so play. If they can, if they can, if everything goes right, then the Blue Jackets getting to the second round of the playoffs feels very achievable. Um, if Prince everything the goes wrong, then it, I don't even want to think about it. But this team feels like a playoff team. Is the is the 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 short answer to your question that you asked a very long time ago? I was going to say, print the T-shirts. First round victory is not the goal. I know every Jackets <laughs> fan loves those. Um, you said something there that kind of sparked something else from the press conference that stuck out to me. You mentioning the injuries. Yarmo at one point, or no, was it JD? It might have been JD at one point. Was like, you know, the team's very healthy right now. We're our guys are getting stronger too. Our young guys are they're on a workout, uh, you know, workout plan to be become you know men by the time the <laughs> October hits. I'm just sitting here like, yeah, that's great that they're healthy now. We're always healthy in the off season because we're not playing. Like as soon as they step on the ice, they're just brittle. They just break like crazy. So. And I don't know. I, I don't know if having a new coach will fix that. I, th I think it probably will. I just feel like under Brad Larson, 
maybe it was the comfortability of the team sucked and that Brad Larson was a player's coach that they felt like they could just go and be like, hey, I'm not feeling it tonight. I'm, I'm out. And it was like, okay, that's cool. You're out. Um, granted, I don't want a player to ever go into a coach's room and be like, I don't feel good. And Mike Babcock's like, well, you have to play. I don't want that either. But I just want this like maybe more of a of a fear, I guess. Um, I don't know. A lot of it's not necessarily accountability. But yeah, there you go. If the team is in a good place and, you know, the vibe, if the team passes the vibe check, I believe is what the kids are saying these days, <laughs> you know, um, then you want to play. And I think you are more likely to be like, well, I don't feel great, but I can play in the same way that like, if you love your job, then if you don't feel great, then you'll probably push through. You know, if you hate your job and you wake up and you're like, oh, my head kind of hurts and I've got a sore throat and I don't want to be at work anyway then you're way more likely to just call in sick. You know, not that I think that's what's happened. Um, You know, I know we had a lot of problems with injuries and illnesses last year, but if the team is winning, I feel like the team is way, like the players are way more likely to just kind of push through um, niggles and like not, not feeling it. Like, again, if you're missing the playoffs and there's no, like, the team wasn't competitive last season. So I understand if you're like, well, my missing a game is not going to be the be all and end all. You know, if it's not, well, if I miss this one game, then we might miss the playoffs. They were out of the playoffs by Thanksgiving. (laughs) They were out of the playoffs by game three. Like starting out like 0-3, however they did, I was like, geez, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be terrible. Everyone's just on the ice looking at number 13, waiting for him to do something. And he's doing stuff, but he can't do it all. You know, that's what it felt like the first three games of last year were. We're like everybody, even the his own teammates were like, is that actually Johnny Hockey in a Blue Jackets uniform? And then we got a little bit used to him. And at that point, it was over. The team was completely lost. I did love that Babcock, you know, put an emphasis on he needs to get all the first thing he needs to do is get all five guys on the ice to play together. Mm-hmm. Uh, felt like the Blue Jackets had no, no structure the last two years. And well, that kind of came out in the in the wash after Brad Larson was fired. You know, we saw a lot of stories of, of Erica Branson coming out. And if, if Erica Branson is speaking out against a coach, I feel like it's a big deal of him being like, right. yeah, well, we were getting on the ice. We didn't know what the drills were for practice, you know? And <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Practice power play because for whatever reason, you know, so I think structure is good. Um, accountability is good. Like I say, I'm I'm waiting to see what training camp is like. Um, and I don't know, maybe we'll be able to get Hayden down to training camp and he can do some kind of eyes on the eye on the sky, boots on the ground kind of thing. Of, of I do like doing what, that stuff. what it's like, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit far away, but Hayden's right <laughs> down the block. So maybe we'll, we'll, I think it'll be really interesting to see what Babcock is doing and what the team is doing when the cameras aren't there, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we're going to move on and talk about our guy, Adam Fantilli. We all know that you guys want to talk about him anyway, and we'll hit that in just a sec. First things first, I want to thank the everydayer. We love you guys. You guys are the truest fans. Um, Yeah, the everydayers who have been through this, watching 
the Blue Jackets go in and out of having a crappy team, and now you got all these stars. It's uh, it's really, really great. It's really, really exciting. Glad you guys can go through it with us. And we wouldn't be able to do this without you, the everyday listener. So a quick shout out to those guys. And we know the Locked On Podcast Network appreciates you. All right, Adam Fantilli signed his entry-level contract. It was a three-year deal making 950k. Uh, pretty good for an 18-year-old making 950k. We also know that 950k can get you a lot further in Ohio than it can in California <laughs> due to the state income tax. So to everybody that's like, man, he was this close away from living in paradise. Okay, it you know California is a very nice place to live, but you know. There are perks to living in Ohio, um, but he signed his entry-level contract. He was at the crew game last night. He is just being Mr. Blue Jacket right now, and I like it. I, I love it. He took number 11. You and I are both huge Maddie Calvert fans. Place. Well, number 11, yeah. <laughs> it's got a good love, history here. It does. It does. Even you know Stenland was a guy that had a lot of favor in my eyes just because he wore the number 11. He was a big dude that I really wanted to work out for the CBJ. He didn't. But anyway, uh, you saw he signed the entry-level contract, Jay. You saw he chose number 11. What are your vibes with Fantilli right now? Because mine are through the roof. I'm loving this guy so far. I'm, yeah, I keep like, and obviously, I so I was on vacation last week. Uh, Hayden did a great job holding the fort down, um, being super, super excited about Adam Fantilli uh, and also all of our other draft picks. Uh, I'm still ready to run through a wall for this guy. Um, I'm so, so, so excited to see him in October. Um, I wasn't sure he wasn't going to go back to Michigan. Um, I know that there was a lot of conversation about how he probably could. Um, but, you know, you look at his his freshman year, he led the entire, he led everyone in, North, in the NCAA in scoring. Uh, he had, I think, 65 points in 30 games. Uh, bonkers. Won the Hobie Baker as a freshman. Um, in theory, has nothing else to prove. In college. Like, he goes back to college and, and what? He wins a second Hobie Baker. Maybe they win the Frozen Four. Like, it's... I don't know. I'm... I'm I wouldn't have been mad if he'd gone back to college. Um, I think that young players can basically always use a little more development. Uh, but... I think he's NHL ready. I think he's physically ready. Whether he's emotionally ready, we'll find out. But I know that Yamaka Kalainen is big on Adam Fantilli and, again, thinks thinks he's NHL ready. Um, I don't think we should be, and again, like I said in the last segment, we should temper expectations and not expect him to come in and be, you know, Austin Matthews scoring four goals in his first game uh, level. I don't think we should come in and expect him to fill that 1C spot immediately. But... I'm excited. I'm super excited for Adam Fantilli to be a Blue Jacket. And like I said, I, w- I wouldn't have been mad if he'd gone back to Michigan, but I am thrilled that we're going to get to see him in a jersey, in a Blue Jackets jersey this season. I would have been livid if he went back to <laughs> Michigan. Okay? I would have been livid. Um, I would have been livid. I saw this tweet from the CBJ Center. These guys do a phenomenal job just covering all things Blue Jackets. Uh, they're on Twitter at cbj center and they tweeted out forget about the rest of the roster for this poll but does fantilli cylinder 1c 2c have the potential to lead the blue jackets to a stanley cup 
And I clicked yes, because I was just like, I was that excited in the moment. And then when I saw that 63% of Blue Jackets fans also selected yes, I was like, whoa, okay. People are pretty optimistic about both of these dudes, mm-hmm. who one of these dudes uh, severely needs to develop, like Sillinger. He had a good year last year with the Monsters, but he still needs to develop. And Fantilli, we haven't even seen play on NHL ice once yet. But to your point back there, yeah, I don't think it would do him any to go back to Michigan and dominate NCAA hockey again, it probably would help his confidence to be like, yeah, this wasn't a fluke, but um, I feel like getting drafted number three overall, you kind of confirm for yourself, yeah, this isn't a fluke. He won two gold medals last year. Like, Yeah. I don't think think confidence is going to be a big problem. In the same way, I get the same sort of vibes from him as I get from Kent Johnson of there is just nothing you can do to that dude to make him less confident in his, in his own abilities. Um, and I think, which is a, a thing that, you know, we kind of discussed with Cole Sillinger when we did his season review of, it's tough. Sometimes when you're a young player and things aren't going your way, it's tough to kind of not grip the stick too tight, which is a stupid cliche, but I get it. You know, um, Sillinger is going to be a really interesting training camp uh, watch for me. I think um, if we are lucky, I think my Bab- Mike Babcock could be the making of Cole Sillinger, but it really feels like it's going to be boom or bust at this point. Um, I don't necessarily want to see him with the Monsters next season. I would love to see him on Columbus, Uh, whether that's as a center, whether that's as a winger, I'm not sure, but I think he needs to be thrown in at the deep end again. And I think he'll, I think he'll swim. Uh, I think the the poll I think is is specifically hype for Adam Fantilli over Cylinder yeah. because I I saw the same poll and I did what I rarely do which is I just took a little dive into the replies of of a tweet about the Blue Jackets. Um, there were a lot of people saying yes to Fantilli, but no, we need to get rid of Cylinder as soon as possible. Um, which feels like again something that we say all the time on this podcast. He's twenty years old. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah, a yeah. child. That is that He's is child age. He's not a bust. He's is he actually twenty? He cannot like, buy a drink in Columbus. That's hilarious. Um, that is really crazy. If it, yeah, no, he's so young. You're absolutely right, Jay. He's he's too young to just give up on him. He had a great first year, um, but I think even in that first year, the Blue Jacket fan can look back at that and be like, "Man, was this guy in the right place at the right time for a lot of these goals, or what?" Because he was. The difference between Fantilli and Sillinger is Fantilli, every, all nine other guys on the ice are just watching Fantilli play. Now, that was the case when he was in the NCAA, but the truth is Fantilli has that extra gear on the ice that Cole Sillinger doesn't really have that I think is going to is going to translate a lot, lot quicker to the NHL and be a lot more exciting. So you're right. That poll was 100% about Fantilli as a one C, they might as well just ask, Does Fant- can Fantilli lead the Blue Jackets to a Stanley Cup? Um, because that's where my level of excitement was. I'm also not forgetting about Boone Jenner. Like, I, I kind of hate how we just write Boone Jenner off as, like, he can't play in the top two. I don't see that at all. Boone Jenner is a fun. He was phenomenal last year. Um, a really good job of. He might be the only player on the Blue Jackets. I think that like we've we've talked about it a lot this season of a lot of guys playing above their station and struggling. Boone Jenner, I think, is a guy that got that C on his jersey and then immediately took his game to the next level. Yeah. Um, that being said, I am fine with Boone Jenner playing between Liney and Goudreau. 
Like that line was fine. I just wonder how good is he going to be playing against weaker competition, playing less minutes. He's not old by any stretch of the imagination. He, I think, literally just turned 30. 30, yeah. Um, he's, he's a guy that I think watch out for to have a sneaky good season. Um, but also, if you have to keep him between line A and Gaudreau, so you can put, like, I was thinking about this the other day, like, what can, who would I want Fantilli to play between this season? And, like, the, the concept of, like, here, here let, let me, let me, let me give you this. A second line of Kent Johnson, Adam Fantilli, Karol Marchenko. That sounds like so, offense. Like, that sounds like a lot of goals. Inside, like that feels like a real yeah. good time to me. And that will give Fantilli the sheltered minutes to develop. We can leave um, Boone Jenner on that top line for now, unless they go out and get someone to replace him. But like, even if Boone Jenner plays in the middle six this season, I think he's going to be, he's going to be fine. But I think it really depends. Boone Jenner's job, I think really depends on how fast Adam Fantilli adapts to the NHL, which I think is going to be really interesting to watch. That's fair. That's fair. Jay, it's really good to have you back, man. Um, really, really appreciate you coming back from vacation. I don't know what else you would do. I considered just leaving forever, but I was like, <laughs> no, Hayden would, Hayden would miss me too much. Maybe the fans wouldn't miss me as much, but I feel like Hayden would miss me. I would so. definitely miss you. I definitely <laughs> would miss you. Uh, that's all we have for today. Tomorrow we'll be doing some more coverage on all the Jackets draft picks in this year's entry-level draft. Uh, just more of a deep dive. So that should be really exciting. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and the SiriusXM app. I'm Hayden Househorn. You can find me on Twitter at HaydenH971. You can find Jay on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster. That's Jacob with a K. Throw an O or throw an R after the O and Foster there. And that should be I should get you to, to Jacob's page. Um, well, Twitter or Jay, still exists anyway. Well, Twitter still exists. Yeah, it's an absolute crap show. Uh, you can find Locked on Blue Jackets on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Jackets, or you can email us at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening, and until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.